right, people, we are back, and I have a new guest. It's a friend I've known for such a long time. We've been friends so long. She used to pick my hair when I had hair, okay? That's how long we've been friends, and it's been a long time since I had anything to pick on top of this head, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Camila Gonzalez. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Camila Gonzalez. Yes, yes, yes. hello, hello. Also known as Naya uh, in the rest of the 50 states because we don't know what what she decides to go by these days. Naya, let the people know what you want to be called these days because you got Naya. It changes, it changes, it changes. But most people know me as Naya, Naya Merriweather. Right. That is high. Darden Duncan Rita, but you know, all of the the above, (laughs) you know, it just depends on who you're talking to and which side of town you're on, you know? That is very true. That's where people know me from. Right, 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 right. So uh, we were just recently talking and about you, you have recently had an injury with your leg and talk about how like the loss of uh, some of that movement won't allow you to play basketball anymore. And I just think that is just like heartbreaking. And I'm surprised that you're still smiling and laughing because I would be bitter. I would be mad as hell that I would, I couldn't play basketball while all these sorry cats out here still being able to play and they fight. You know, like why do why you you at least you got some skill. It should be somebody else who can barely even like you know. But you know what the way the way it happened. um, So probably the March of last year, I was in a car accident, and I'm not short by no means, but I sit very close to the steering wheel, so I jammed my knee, and I just thought it was just like oh my knee's achy, whatever, whatever. Um, But what ended in result of that, I ended up. partially tearing my meniscus um so i was in a basketball league and you know just fighting through injury i'm like i'm gonna just play this gonna be my last game until i go to the doctors and on a non-contact i like jab step and like my my knee completely popped out of place um so in result of that i tore my acl my mcl my meniscus was then went from partially to torn, torn. Uh, but, and it was crazy because people were like, no, I don't think you should go. I don't think you should play. But just like me, like, no, I can't leave the team. Like, I'll at least get with this one last game. Like, me, myself, I was excited to play. So it wasn't like I just didn't want to do it. Right. Um, but, you know, the road to recovery was by far worse than any, the, the actual injury itself. Um, I had to sit for so long uh so i think it was like two months until i was even able to get into the surgery and then from that point i couldn't work or you know be out and mobile for about three months and then the rehab so it's like different things that i can't do that i used to enjoy so i can't run i still like i can do like a little light jog um jumping that is something i have no desire to attempt to do Uh and i don't even (laughs) think it's like the actual injury itself i think it's more or less fear you know it's like you don't understand like how how fear sets in and will stop you and so like when people have like goals and dreams like fear is so powerful Uh. like it like it's literally like you know what at 28 do you need to jump like do you right. need to do these things <laughs> let me tell you i'm an entertainer and i was just talking to a friend of mine i was actually out on a run the other day and i realized i was like you know what i'm actually living the entertainer's life like people think it's the you know 
cribs on MTV. That's not everybody. That's a small percentage. I'm living the majority entertainer's life. You get a gig, and now I'm in between gigs. And now we got to go back to the nine to five. You got to go get the job. You got to be the bartender, the server. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I guess I didn't think about this part of the dream. You know, everybody always want to think about the flashy lights and all the good stuff, but this comes with it. But as a creative and entertainer, fear sets in all the time. Like I mm-hmm. could be, I could book a gig, be at the gig, performing at the gig, having my best time. And then fear just set in and be like, well, what about after this? And I'm like, who asked you? Like, where, yes. where did you come from? I was having a good time. I was living, I was the happiest in my life. And here comes doubt and fear. Like, so what you going to do when it's over? Uh, mm-hmm. Now I'm like, well, what am I going to do when this is over? It's like those cartoons, like when we were growing up, it's like the good angel, the bad angel. No, that devil, he is fear, okay? Right. He is fear, he is doubt, you know, and then the good angel, you know, it's the confidence, right? It's it's the, you know, the will to want to do it, you know, the dream. Like, those are things that you really face in life, because I've never seen no devil, but that, that fear, okay, it will get to whispering. Right, but you want to know what's crazy? It's, it's not two different voices. It's one voice, and it's my voice. So I'll be like, uh, which voice is this? Is this, is, is this the good one? Like, I, one bad trait of mine is I'm indecisive. Like, I can be very indecisive. I cannot come down to a conclusion. It's like life or death for me. It's not that hard. It's like, just pick one. I'm like, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I need to think about it. I need to listen to it over and over again, and I, I'm not sure. You pick. And, you know, everybody thinks it's, it's uh, you know, I'm always so cheery and jolly and laughing. But I will tell you, depression is real. And it's even realer when you can't do anything but sit in the bed with your leg propped up. Okay? Like, you can't do your, it's just your own thoughts. You're there. And for me, I'm very independent. I'm always on the move. I probably got 15 jobs, which you know very well to be me. But 20 then jobs. to go, because <laughs> don't forget the silence at night. But you, to go I don't know when you having, sleep. You know what? Um, with COVID, it kind of forced me to lose my other side gigs. So I actually am enjoying like coming home with no plans, sleeping, waking up. Hey, listen. So at the beginning of COVID, I gained like almost fifteen pounds. Now I was like eating and just laying down watching movies. You know when you gain weight and you feel heavier, like you can feel the weight. Even if you don't physically look larger, you're like, hold up, something is there something inside of me? Like, is there something inside of me? Because I use the bathroom several times a day. Why do I feel so heavy? And I stepped on the um the scale, and I have been the heaviest I had ever been in my life. You know, I'm currently you know nine or ten pounds down from that. But you know, I like being a little bit, little bit heavier because you know I was one fifty five for my whole life, four scores in seven years. <laughs> and Lord, I'm only, I'm not too far away from that now. But you know, I'm in the one sixties, and I'm like, I'm like permanently right now in the one sixties. So I'm like, okay, I got the new average. I could take that. See, for me, I've gained uh, more weight since I'm not, like, active um, as much as I was. So people do, oh, it looks good on you. Baby, you are not lugging these knees, okay? <laughs> my, my, my body said lose it, sweetheart, okay? Well, Naya, you know you always had a hatchback now, so Listen. you've been carrying some weight. <laughs> my, my, my friends now call it the wagon, okay? Listen, it has its own name. you've been carrying yeah. some weight for a little bit of time, so it, it ain't new to you now. It ain't new to you. 
So how has everything been for you in Columbus with the protests and the riots? Um, you know what? It has been an experience for sure. Um, I would say it's not the first time, um, but this is definitely different because I feel like the numbers um, are showing out and things are changing. Um, I remember my first protest I did as an adult here in Columbus was right after Michael Brown. Um, and I remember, you know, creating signs and going down there with a friend, you know, that I had knew. Um, actually, I think it was like a mutual friend through someone else, but like we were both into it. So we went. And that was like and, six years ago, Naya. I think Michael oh, Brown was, was 2014. So, it was so, it was, I mean, I was a baby, but in high school, this was something I was very adamant and passionate about. So I was, not to, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, I've waited for something to happen, but it was, it was, it's very similar. Now it's crazy that after so much time has passed that we are still doing this, but it felt good to, 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 to feel like I was a part of something, right. um, you know, marching downtown, you know, ending the march at the police station, um, you know, and, and feeling like our voices were being heard. Fast yes. forward to today, um, y- you feel it. Uh, we had congressmen and judges that protest that was also, you know, like, physically harmed, you know, pepper sprayed. And I feel like that in itself for them to be with the people to see that it was not just, you know, looting and, you know, bricks being thrown, literally peaceful protesting and being treated crazy. Um, but if to, one to brick be able is thrown, that, that's all the news will, will show. Oh, it could be no brick though. Okay. But they're going to say that there was. They will um, Photoshop a brick in there. Like, oh. hey, that's a fake brick. And everybody be like, oh, oh look at it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, businesses have been closed for, for a long time. Now, I myself, um, with my injury, um, kind of how I explained, I can't do much. You know, I'll do a little walk. I'll do a little this. But if something was to happen where you had to move quick, I cannot quick turn, spin. So for myself, I feel like I what I feel like my stance was is educating and in taking a stance. You know, we talked about fear and I feel like I've, I've heard things, you know, whispered before and more so thought to myself like, Oh, that's, you know, that's not right. You know, who, who makes these people feel like they can say this or that's wrong. And I feel like now I feel more powerful and more confident than ever to stand up and say, that's a no. So what we're not going to do is that now while I'm here. Exactly. And if you have any questions, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and and I feel like that makes me feel like my voice is actually being heard, right? So it's like, you know, you don't have to be on the front line protesting. I'm glad that it is happening. I'm glad that so many people are acting. Um, right, because but we can't eight, put all our eggs in one basket. There oh, are, no. I'm glad you said that because there are many other routes and things for people to do. And educating others is definitely one of the areas where we could use as many people as we can, um, can possibly get, but also making sure that you are still continuing to educate yourself and as you're educating others, how you're delivering it to them because we want our message to come across. So we got to not tread lightly, but we have to be careful of how we are trying to get that message across because a lot of times with the rise of emotions, it could come out raging. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you did mention about that because I've that's how I felt. I've actually been, you know, I actually worked the day of the protest recently. And then I have actually never been to a formal protest outside myself with a march. 
you know, I've been out to, uh, you know, maybe a peaceful gathering, but not an actual march. And it, it used to like make me feel like I wasn't, you know, doing enough or putting myself out there enough. But I do think I use my voice a lot and I try to um, help in that way. So I had to understand that I could do my part in other ways and not feel, you know, bad or feel guilty for not being out on the line. Because just like the military, every soldier is not on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely more ways to help out. But um, I... I saw a list, and I'm not sure if this was true, but I saw a list, and I believe some one of our mutual friends on Facebook posted it about Columbus being one of like the highest rated cities where um, I don't know if it was black people were, you know, unarmed black men were killed by officers. Um, yeah, and it was it was really high on the list. Um, I was shocked myself only by the gap between the next city. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know how true. Right. It was. Now, I do know, like, when it does happen. The crazy thing is the only, there's only two that I may, may have made headlines. There was, like, a like a little boy, maybe 8 or 12. Um, I, I believe his name was, like, Tyree King. Um, and it was not too far from where I lived previously on the south side. And I feel like that made uh, uh, headlines and made a lot of noise because his family was very adamant. You know, like they were looking for like some some robbers or something, and it, I, I don't want to repeat it because I don't want to get the, right. the the story wrong. But it's like when you dig into it, there's so many more people that are that are killed by police officers that don't make headlines, that don't make news, and not to say that their families don't care, but it just gets swept under the rug, right? Because it's just expected, like, oh, they were doing something they shouldn't have, and you know, whatever necessary force was required. But the gap between the city below, but I mean, even even that, it was like three Ohio cities on that list in yes. like the top ten. Right. And it was like, like now that was mind blowing. Exactly, and you don't even like. It's like you don't feel that, but we feel it right now with everything on right now. I, I feel that list, but with the families who may not press as hard, you like we don't know. They could be completely utterly exhausted. I recently found out that Eric Garner's daughter died of a heart attack after, mm-hmm. you know, protesting and fighting for um, equal justice for all at 27 years old. So these things that happen to us, it's more than just physical. It mentally takes us out and it does physically take you out. So sometimes people might fight as much as they can before they have to just maybe decide that they have to move on from this and continue to raise the rest of their children or be that the place in their family that they need to be. And then financially, it's like, what are you going to do? Beat the government? You're going to beat the whole city of Columbus or the city of Ferguson? Like, mm-hmm. that's what you where you start to feel. So one of the things I really want to do, uh, another reason I, you know, for my cause to have people on and talk with them is I want to try to help mend a lot of things that we have going on in our community as the black community. And I want to try to attack more things with love. And I just want to try to be more understanding myself. You know, I couldn't imagine being in a situation of a family member because it's not just the fact that we lost, like, it's not just the fact that George Floyd was represent a representation of, you know, all black men, but like, imagine being his family, imagine being his mom. Like, not only did your baby get killed unjust, unjustly, 
oh, you're going to see it wherever you go now. People mm-hmm. are going to be shouting his name. Like, you won't even be able to grieve properly or move on because now forever your your son is this person that is related to this situation which sparked this new revolution. Now, it's, it, it's a double-edged sword because it's like she'll never be able to put it to rest almost. I wonder how, you know, like Trayvon Martin's mom feels, feels their family, like Tamir Rice. For us, we're like, those are the things that inspire us to say, hell no, but those were still their babies. We don't, you know, the situation don't hit the same. It hit the same because we black. But when it's your baby, when it's your cousin, when it's your, your, your son, I can imagine how those families are feeling. And I want people to remember to be cautious. You know, I, I mean, I, can't, I guess I can't tell them to be cautious, but, you know, we don't, I don't know if we keep in mind that they're hurting too. And, you know, if we family, we all family got to remember that they're, they're hurting right now. So we got to send them as much love as we can. Or that's what I feel like should unite us the most, like when, when our families are in time of need. I've heard a lot about people being out at protests and seeing how much people are helping each other, whether it's bringing supplies, food, you know, travel. So it's good to hear that. But like, I, like I said, for me, I'm going to continue to do my part. I'm going to get people's voices heard. I've, I um, encourage everybody who is creative to continue pushing themselves, especially these influencers who do a lot of video recording. I mm-hmm. encourage them, hey, get out there in those streets. If I had a video camera and, uh, you know, a microphone, I might be out at the process talking to people. You know, it is a scary thing to go out there and put your life on the line. But, you know, so many people did it for us. For us, Naya, when I say us, I'm talking about me and you. We were never, we mm-hmm. weren't even born. They were doing things for us and we weren't even born. Not even thought of. Mm-hmm. Our parents may have been born. Well, Kim was born, you know. She was marching. It's like, <laughs> Kim a little older. She was born. But okay, people have been doing things for us for years and years before we even got here. So it's almost like, I'm return. I gotta. I have to complete that task too. I have to complete that mission. I have to return that favor. Somebody did it for me. For me to be able to be here and sit here today, how I am, and I need to fulfill that same duty for the next to come, whether it's my children or our children. You know. So it's. But you know, for me, it's so crazy because I feel like I have a different look on that. You know, not to say that that's wrong by any means, but I look at it as the work that was done, you know, 50, 60 years ago, it wasn't it wasn't enough, right? Not to say that their work was done in vain, but it's crazy right. that we are now still here. And it's like, I sit and think like, I, this must have been how they felt. You know, people are like, oh, people are protesting and doing this for George Floyd. No, people are bent up. Like, I, and to, you know, to discuss, you know, the looting and things that have happened in the city, you know, being able to witness it. I don't live too far from downtown, but also to see the beauty, to see the people that genuinely, especially business, um, you know, regardless of the race. And I tell people, this is not a black and white race. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fight against, the police, you know, but the police hit different when you are black. And that's the, yes. that's what I try to explain to people. Like, this is not of anything, you know, it's black and white. It's this is that it's no, it's, it's an abuse of power, but it hits so different when you are black. Yes. And I've explained people. Oh, I mean, and for those who don't know my physical appearance, I mean, I went from having long hair to baby, I got to fade into waves. Okay. So Spinning. oftentimes, okay. So oftentimes, 
times I drive and ride around with my do-rag on. But when I tell you the times that I've been pulled over or when I have been in a situation or been questioned with it on versus it's, it's off, or shit, have it off, okay? Because I'm often mistaken for a male. Um, I've talked to, I've talked to very aggressive. Um, I've asked, you know, um, there was a point in time in my life um, I had a Range Rover. And I would get pulled over so often for no reason just to be asked how I could afford such vehicle, you know, or, you know, or I look like someone that they were looking for, you know, a 20 something year old man and here I am, you know, but that doesn't happen to white people. And that's the thing that I tell people is like, you can have your opinion, you can feel whatever, you know, like. But I feel like as a as an African-American here in this country, I feel like the, the anger that I have, you know, in, like just being exhausted, you know, exhausted of sharing posts, you know, of people dying, exhausted of hashtagging. Like this wasn't even a thing then, but, you know, imagine our, our relatives, our ancestors just being tired and fed up and felt like they had to do something. Imagine and I feel like everybody in America history. right now thinking everything is just happening because they've only seen it on a video camera. Imagine them thinking this is just starting to happen. That is how people are sitting at home thinking like, oh, I can't believe these things is happening. Like, this is all so new. This is not new. It is us every day. You know, it's, we live in fear every day, but right now it's just such, it's a magnifying glass. And like you said, it's a fatigue. It's like, I'm tired. I am tired of waking up feeling this way. Like, I'm tired of living like this. And it gets to that Nat Turner point when you're like, well, give me death or give me freedom. Because it's like, I don't know if Nat Turner said that. Don't quote me. Sorry, y'all. Uh, <laughs> somebody said it. Somebody said it. They was black. And we tired. And we tired. Right. right. But we, I mean, we tired. We sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it is exhausting. And I, like you said, there are times, I used to have a friend I worked with. And the it makes me think about our friendship. And if I should be her friend. I, I contemplated not inviting her to my wedding based on conversations that we have had over the years and the last conversation I had with her when I saw her after not seeing her for months. And it's not always just like racial things, but it's like, you know, about me and my sexuality. And I'm like, this woman can sit here and say things. I don't know how many times she's told me I don't date black guys. And I'm like, okay. You know, like just the things she said. And I'm like, <clears throat> on top of her parents, where she was raised, where she went to school. I'm like, I don't need, I'm, sometimes I wonder how I'm still friends with her. Now she's never been like agrees, aggressively over the line, but there's a lot of like light stuff that people say. Like I had Jocelyn Parker on and she said, those are the microaggressions, those small cuts, the small cuts that you take. And I was like, I definitely recognize that with friends or with people who feel like, oh, James, you're so nice and so open. I'm just going to ask you anything. I'm not going to have a filter. I'm not going to hesitate. Because it's, it's been on my mind. Right. And I've always wondered this about black people. So since I know you and you're black, hey, be my dictionary, be my Google. And I'm like, no. But I, especially in this last couple of weeks, especially like going back to work after it, I'm just on edge, you know? And I don't try to t look at anything and make it more than what it is, but I definitely have been in several environments where I have to, you know, like, I feel like I got to remain calm or I'm like, you know what? I'm, 
I ain't going to say nothing about this because I don't feel like I can say anything to make it better for, for me right now. You know, it's nothing I can say to one, change your mind or make me feel more comfortable because after they, somebody say something, they didn't said it. And you know, whether you got to work with them or just be around them, if you still got to be around this person after they spoke their mind, you're like, well, shit, I don't care if you say it. Sorry. I know what you think. Mm-hmm. It's just like these people coming out and being like, we want to apologize. Like the NFL, we should have listened to Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> oh, oh, you sh- what, I'm, I'm sorry. Come again. You said what now? What now that? that is another topic. These so so I, so. There's places that you know that places that are frequent that I've shopped, places that I've worked for that are now coming out with these statements like, "Oh, we support and we're this and that." No, you don't. You truly just don't want the backlash for not supporting it. Right. You want to be on like, the right side I of just, history. It's, I mean, even not even the history, right? Like, we are just coming out of what we thought would be the beginning of a recession with COVID shutting everything down and places are starting to open back up. And you and, and you like, if I don't say what, I'm going to lose that money. Okay, right. that's where people are. They don't care, you know. And it's so crazy because I feel like, wait, Cap, because so, there was an article that said because uh, Pat, uh, Mahone, um, because he was in that video and he was, you know, reigning, you know, Super Bowl MVP, you know, like people had to listen, the NFL had to listen, but it was like, was Colin Kaepernick not a Super Bowl quarterback? Did he not take the 49ers to the Super Bowl? But I feel like because he had an off season, they felt like he wasn't as marketable. You know, people were already, you know, making the little things, but it's so crazy now to me that oh these stars stand up but it's like where were y'all at when he was saying why wouldn't y'all stand with him then like were you afraid and now you think it's like it's cool like you can stand up now like i mean granted i'm happy that they are seeking out but i feel like there's nothing different from when he did it then to now that now these stars want to stand up because the only people that spoke up was eric reed and he he barely got a job now right (laughs) i mean and it's and that blows my mind and i feel like people just feel like they have it's like i can't even decipher between who really is for the cause versus who just don't want to get caught not supporting exactly and and those are people you also have to watch out for yes those are the people that i the ones where i'm like i don't know what your intentions are at least the mother you know the people who are just flat out like either prejudiced or racist i know their intentions i know where they stand Mm -hmm. I don't know where you stand, and especially when you're, I'm like, you're white. I don't know where you just, I'm like, I don't know what your intentions are. You almost more dangerous than the people who are upfront about their intentions. Because I don't know where you actually stand. So you like posting that all black post, like, girl, I had to check you for saying the N word in front of me. Like, baby, we not, you not, you not with us. Right. It's it's like they're the Trojan horse, you know? And I'm like, it's, I know. There's some people I know, some black people are like, F everybody else but black people. I'm like, you know, that that doesn't work. That doesn't fix anything. On top of that, you still need to fix the problems you have with yourself and within our community. And I know some, I've, I've seen people say, we need to focus on this. I'm like, anytime one thing happens, it's a domino effect. So you, you're bringing up all the issues. Why do all the issues get brought up? Because they all need to be fixed. If, if there weren't this many issues, you only bring up the things that were important enough to speak about. But if they're important enough to speak about by so many people, it, does, it has to be something that needs to be addressed. How can we move forward as a community when we have so many discriminations within our own community? I watched a documentary 
out what I who I encourage everyone to watch and you as well, Naya, on Amazon Prime called Not Black Enough. Mm. And predominantly most of the cast were lighter skin, you know, some light eye, you know, lighter eyes. Vanessa Williams Williams was a person that was on the show. They talked about their experience. The first black uh, model on The Price is Right. They talked about their experiences and, you know, they had everyday people on there too, but just the experiences of how they face, you know, the different um, skin tone and hair textures and things. But there are other people um, who aren't as light who have also felt like they weren't black enough. And it made me think, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I guess I felt like I wasn't black enough at some point. But I, for that to even be the conversation, it was a documentary. I'm like, these are things we need to, we have to talk about. We need more unity in the community. It's like the corniest catchphrase, but it's the realest. It's, we yeah. need love. We got to love on each other harder. And a lot of people are like, do you want, what you want us to, what you want to see it? Uh, well, you just want to feel it? Yeah, that'd be nice. It'll be a nice start. Hell, fake it till you make it. Fake it until it starts to feel real. But we Ooh. have to insert. We have to be aggressive with that that change in our community. There's a certain people and groups of people putting out what they feel like the community needs to do as a whole. And I watched one guy talk about how he thinks we need to um, support black businesses only. And, you know, as much as you can. He's like, it's a sacrifice. It's not going to be easy but we need to. He's like, find franchise businesses in your community and support that black community. Like, we need to do these things. And I'm like, how many people are going to do that? You know, I I immediately looked at black restaurants in my um, community. The only one that popped up was uh, Charlie Staples. Mm. A lot of people, you know, got food trucks or they sell food out of their homes, but, like, to look it up like that or, you know, for an actual business, and that's a, a whole different type of topic right there of how many businesses that we are, are not owned by us. There's no, I don't know who owns a black gas station. I, I do not. Not Youngstown. I would go to it all the time. I would drive to it no matter where I was. But, you know what? And I was just thinking that, like, I would love to own a drive through or a corner store. Like, that is something I would want to do. But it has to be sacred to us. It has to be sacred to us so much that our people in our community know not to mess with that place. So we got to protect it. We have to protect our own. Like um, there were people when the protesters came downtown Youngstown, but people were coming in from out of town. Some people got on the on Facebook and they were like, where the gang at? Where the gangs in Youngstown at? Y'all going to let somebody come in your city and tear it up? Like y'all not going to protect us? Y'all not going to protect like our neighborhood? And I, I've seen movies where when it was something like police versus the neighborhoods or neighbor, this other neighborhood or certain person coming in, like the people, the so-called gangs or the so-called thugs in the neighborhood would come in and protect. Oh, bless you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. They would come in and protect their neighborhood. Hell, I just watched it on Black Lightning. Have you ever watched Black Lightning? No. The, the last season is literally what is happening in America right now. And thus, they have a few superheroes, but the gang of, of Talon or whatever that city is called, they stepped up and they're like, this is our city. We're going to protect it. Did you see the video of Kiki Palmer out in the street talking to the police officers? I did. I did see that. I love Cuddy Kiki. I love Cuddy Kiki. But she was like, put your stuff down and march with us. And I'm like, right, you, like, they don't understand. It can be you too. Right now, you got a badge on, but don't think you're not disposable. It could be you too. Like, they don't understand that it's the higher, you know how 
people will be like, I was just doing my job. Yes, and tell it to you. It can be you too. You are us. You're not in this like you think you are. It is the higher powers that be. But they don't understand. They're pawns. The pawns are t- doing what they do to get whatever they're receiving. Oh. But, like, you know what, though, Naya? I am ready to move forward, and I feel like there are gonna, there is definitely going to be change that comes from this. But, it, like, everybody's saying, we cannot ease up. I feel like everybody's so ignited and fueled right now and ready to act, but we have to act intelligently. And that's why I said yes. I'm waiting for the leaders to step up because the hard thing is no one's going to agree. Like, we still won't agree as a community. Where, where in the world is there at one, per, one group of people who agrees without force? Nowhere. They don't just like, like, cool. No, because that's not how we work as a species. But we have the intelligence to be able to do that. But I still think there's some instinctual things in us that creates this, these things. People like to say, oh, that's not natural. I'm like, mm. I think some of this is natural. I don't know. I think as species, we have things in common, too. And when I watch nature, I see things. Like men being, being quote-unquote, dogs. I'm like, in nature, everywhere else, all the, ma- all the male does is impregnate the female. In fact, they fight to the death for it. They fight, okay. they fight to the death for it. That's all they do. They have a whole pride of females. And I'm like, is it crazy to think that's in human species at all? Is it crazy to think that is in this, the DNA of males? If, it's, if I see it in nature that we are a part of. So when it comes to race, it's just different because we created these terms. And unfortunately, there's uh, the hierarchy right now and the people at the top are just you know, putting their knees on our fucking necks. You know, to say the least. But it's, you know, in the world right now, their population is decreasing, you know? Right. And they're having more biracial kids. I said, y'all don't even want kids with y'all. <laughs> no shade. And they like, uh-uh, I had enough too. Go ahead. Cleanse my baby. Cleanse my baby. But you know what this is bringing? This is bringing out also the, like, the closet racist and the people that are here. People are mad and they are showing out, okay? They don't care who sees. Like, yes. that attorney was bad. Like, in a normal day to day, they've been living their life, okay? They didn't have black clients. I ain't gonna say they might not have worked as hard. But, like, these like these are teachers, okay? These are teachers. These are attorneys. These are doctors. These are, you know, whatever their occupation is, right? They're losing their jobs, right? But there's so many of them, like, you, you don't even know who they are. Like, but they are coming out of the woodwork because they are mad, okay? They right. are upset. And you said something about the biracial children. So um, a couple weeks ago, um, I was at, you, you know, Gavin. Uh, Gavin yeah. had a little gathering, but him lives a little far out, okay? And I, I, I always joke and say, like, if I'm coming over, like, I need to be here a long time because it's that far, and so someone else hit me up like, hey, you want to grab drinks real quick? We're right around the corner. And so I meet them at this Mexican restaurant and I get there. Now they already ordered food. 
I'm late as always. I'm Kim's child. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're already eating. So I get there and the lady's like, oh, you want a margarita? And I'm like, yeah, can I see by chance? And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, how much? And the server, she's like looking. She's like, mm, you want a single or a double? I'm like, a double. And she's like, mm, I could do a double for $16.50. And if you want a single, I could do $9.50. And I'm like, so you're just making up prices? Right. I'm like, well, since we're just making up stuff, like, how about we just uh, do, like, uh, like 11? And she's like, okay. So I'm like, okay. So shorty just making up stuff. She don't care. So I get it. The shot literally looks like a single. I'm like, okay. She's trying to play me. Okay. So we go along, and it's four of us. And this one of the girls I just met, she was there. She's like, I think those people at the bar are saying the N-word. I said, girl, no, they're not. You tripping. She's like, no, I swear. Like, they just said it like four or five times. And I'm like, in, like, literally as I'm defending them, I'm like, in the wake in, in, of what's going on right now, like, they are not saying that word. And before I can even finish the sentence, like, you just hear, like, nigga loud. Like, it got real loud. I said, ooh. I said, okay, I did hear that one. And, like, before I could turn around, she said it again, like, two, three times. I'm like, okay, this is a bit much. And we're like, excuse me, like, can you, like, chill, like, not say that? Like, like that's not appropriate. She said, who you talking to? I said, ah. And she was like, I'm on the phone with my black best friend, and I got mixed kids. Like, what make you think that I can't say it, or who going to check me? I'm like, oh. So, like, my server, who went to go get the Hennessy, because I asked for another one, she's cracking up, right? Because you could tell the laugh was like, a, oh, yeah, they about to get beat up. Like, them black girls is about to beat them up. Like, that was the laugh and the chuckle she gave. And this other worker, I don't know, he gave, like, manager vibes. He's, like, immediately, like, no, don't do that. Y'all got to go. I'm, like, why we got to go? I said, you done took all our money. We done tipped you. But now you want to kick us out because they want to say the N-word? And he said, I did not hear that. I'm, like, okay, but your server did. Like, everybody else heard it in this restaurant. But why you don't hear it? Like, it it was just so disheartening to to see how quickly, like, okay, like, he, I felt, I felt as if he valued their money over us. It was kind of like, I don't want them in my restaurant anyway, because you know that stereotype, right? Black people don't tip. They, you know, they're always aggressive. He immediately assumed that we were going to be on mess. So he wanted us gone. But I'm like, but never did you, in the, in the wake of everything going on, why would you feel like that was okay to shout? Now, granted, she wasn't calling us the N-word, but once we told you, like, we heard you, you made us uncomfortable, you want to keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. Right. Almost like, and what you going to do? And then this man, you know, Mexican descent, you know, he's not standing up. So it's not even a black and white thing. It was just what was right. Because it's like, what if a group of black people go into an Italian restaurant and they yell a wet back, wet back, wet back, and you like, hey, I don't really appreciate that. And we tell you, fuck you. You know, like, it's not a it's, it's not a black and white thing. And I, I keep telling people, it's a what's right, what's wrong. And the fact that I feel like he didn't stand up for us, maybe he could have said both y'all leave. Or he could have said, ma'am, don't say that word anymore. Nothing. It was literally like, oh, y'all look like y'all about to tear something up y'all gotta get out because you want to know what we were we absolutely were wow you know what 
I, see, when stuff like that happens, I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to the news. I'm going to the newspaper. I'm about to drag y'all. I'm going to stand out here like, screw y'all. Ain't nobody ever going to come back here. You, that'd be the last day. Count your fucking days, you know? But it's like, I, and, and for the lady to say, I got mixed kids and a black friend, Ooh, I, what I makes you think kids. I can't I say it? But you know what? They ended up calling the police on us, right? Because they're because I'm not in agreement. I'm not going to say we were angels because at this point we're hot, right? Because she said you ain't going to do nothing. Who going to do this? And it's like you're wrong, right? But then they walk up to us, you know, finger in the face. They want to record us, you know, call us all type of monkeys and animals, you know, like. That man was smart for knowing that we needed to leave because we were. Because they were antagonizing us, but they were never told that they had to leave. They didn't call people up there. This little boy walks up to me like, if you put hands on my mom, I got my chopper. And he's saying, he called me all type of niggers. And then the, the sister is saying, well, we didn't say the ER. We just said niggas. And we say that all the time. And it's like, excuse me, like you're not grasping the point that you're wrong. I don't care who allows you to say it, but I'm telling you, we're comfortable and why you shouldn't say it and the only thing you, you never said sorry you only were defensive as to what the problem is and then of course when the police gets there who's the who who they jump to oh we right. heard there was a physical altercation why you think it's with us we just trying to leave but here we are it's four of us and it's about 10 of them now because you done took so long and now they done called their families and stuff wanting to, wanting to fight us and the, and the you know and it's like a had this happened now, granted, let's say they had to put their hands on us, right? And we would have been considered in the wrong, and that situation could have went less. Right. Had the owner said that the situation went a different way, the police would have automatically assume them because that's how they do. They always assume the worst. They always go to the white people first. Exactly. And I've been in situations where I have to think, I'm like, should I call the police right now? Or do I call my friends? Like when my door got kicked in my face, I'm like, do I call the police or do do I call my friends? Like, what do I do? Because I like I live in an area where I don't feel like they're gonna believe me. The people already left. Like, what's gonna happen? I'm like, you know what? What if I'd have called Gavin up there, right? Because he had a little a little gathering. You know, quite a few people. Now, if I'd have, granted, now had I not been thinking and I would have called him. And the police would have got there and it would have been us versus them. Oh, we'd 100% have been in the wrong. Something could have happened, you know, if the fight would have broke out. They probably would have said it was a hate crime because, of course, when the police get there, flip the script. I don't even know why they're upset. I would never really, never intentionally um, offend um, an African-American. Now we're not black. I would never intentionally Ooh. offend an African-American. I have mixed children. They're biracial. Um, you know, I have a friend that's African-American. She could come up now. I would have never, that did not happen. And I'm like, huh? What? Like, what are you talking about? You know, but it's, it's you a know. Not modern day Becky. It's a Becky syndrome. Oh, oh, she oh. flipped us. I don't even know why they're upset. I said, so, so now you don't know why we're upset. Remember when Buckwild used to get Buckwild and then she. <laughs> They was like, okay, Becky. They were like, where's your accent go? She was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I talk, you know, when I get when I get mad, I just talk like this. What? What yeah. buck wild? What's up, buck wild? But as soon as, all right, exactly, because that's not how you speak. I talk like this all the time. Yeah, when you're around your friends who talk like that, girl. And then flip the switch, and it's like back up against so it's, you already know what the outcome is going to be. Your backup is against the wall from the beginning, and it's like you might as well cave. And, uh, you know, 
leave the situation so it doesn't um, escalate because you already know what the outcome is going to be. It's always going to be you. Even if it may not be you, it's always just a thought, just like when they got there and it was you. Have you seen Queen and Slim? I have not. I'm not a big TV movie person. I am. Girl. It's it's black. <laughs> everything Support every, everything black. That's what you need to do. You watch some TV and you watch some movies that better be black. It's like, no. But no, for real. It's now, black. the only thing I will consistently watch is Insecure. Um, but that is that is literally about it. Listen. So can I, I'm going to tell you what's happened because the movie's been out long enough. And if you ain't seen it, it's my, it's not my bad. It's your bad. Like when people be like, you spoiled it for me. I'm like, first of all, Scandal has been off for two years. I did not spoil anything. There are articles out. <laughs> the show is out. Like I cannot spoil out anything that's been Mr. out. could have spoiled it, okay? Right. With, with a post. Listen, like people be like, you spoiled it. I'm like, this show been out for five years. What? what? No. No, you. it's too bad. You should have saw it. I give people a week on my Facebook page and that's doing a lot. Listen, if don't see the spoiler, don't be on social media. Start, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't want to see. But anyway, Queen and Slim, these two people go on a date. Now, before, when I saw the previews, I thought they were in a relationship because that makes things different. Two people go on a date, and on their way home, they are having a little conversation, and he tried to snatch something from her, and he kind of swerves, but he continues to go straight. Police officer pulls him over and he was like, you did, you failed to use a turn signal, which was a lie. And then he was like, you swerved a little bit. He was like, okay. So he was like, let me see your license and registration. Is this your car and stuff? You know, but aggressive already. Goes back, comes back to the car. He's like, can you get out the car? He's like, why do you need, he's like, can you get out the car? Just aggressive the whole time. Get out the car. He's like, open the trunk. For what? Open the trunk. So he's like, go back there and have him open the trunk. He's like, why do I need to open the trunk? Pulls his gun on him. Who's not going to be terrified? One. But if you're black, now you're you're like close to shitting on yourself because you know. You already know. There ain't much that come after. It ain't much that come after. Nothing that you've ever known. And before videos, it, before videos, this you know what that means. And he's in every right. And there's nothing going through your mind that you feel like you know what to do right now to make this work out for you. Like, you cannot defend yourself thinking that you're going to come out on the winning side. So, the female is a lawyer. She's like, hey, first of all, she was upset the whole time because she felt like, so that might have escalated with the cop. But besides that, he was aggressive the whole time. And she's like, why does he have to get out the car? You don't have the right to do that. Do you have a warrant to search, search the trunk? And he's like, shut up, open the trunk. So now she steps out of the car. He pulls his gun on her and he's like, uh, you need to get back in the car. I ain't playing with you. And she's like, I am a lawyer. You do not have the right. You do not have a warrant. He like, get back in the car. Shoot her in the leg. <gasps> then Daniel Kalua tackles the cop. The gun falls. They're fighting for the gun. He grabs the gun. He shoots the cop. The cop dies. The girl says, let's go. Because she know ain't nothing they can do. So they go throughout this movie. They go to a cousin's house change their appearance they go through um you know they get a plan to get a a plane to go to cuba so naya i'm watching this movie the whole time i'm like oh this is great this movie is going to show where we get the right away this movie is going to show where it works out for us this movie is going to show that the police officer is wrong and the judge is going to be like he has a history of this we know that you guys acted in self-defense and you're free to go 
That was not the movie that I was seeing. And I also don't know why I was thinking that. Like, why would I think that black people could shoot a white cop and, and not get killed? Who, who was that that day? I couldn't have been a, a functioning adult in America. Not a black man. Why was I thinking that? But it, I guess that was the hope in me, even with fiction, you know? I was like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna be good. Yay, he's not gonna die. Because he doesn't deserve to die. He was gonna kill them. Why? They, we don't deserve to die. That's how I feel in real life. So they go to and get down to Florida. But before they get down to Florida, they car break down. They had to get it fixed at this black shop. They stopped at a bar where black people was like, we know who you are. You safe here. At the, um, the shop, it was a black guy. He was like, I know who you are, but I don't agree with what you're doing. I'm charging you full price. He charged them $2,000 to fix their car. <laughs> all the money that they had. All the money they had. So they get down to Florida. They get with this dude, shiesty looking dude. This guy ended up selling them out for the money. This wannabe thug, music maker, I'm about that life type of guy. Sells them out for, 50, I don't know, $100,000 or so. So they, after he drops them off, they're walking towards the plane. All the police roll up, Naya. They're like, get down, get down, get down. They're standing there together. And she was like, can I be your legacy? And still, Naya, I'm thinking, I'm not realizing that they're about to be killed. Am I, I'm not thinking that at all. I don't, I don't know what was going through my mind besides I, I was just so hopeful for there to be a different ending, you know? I was so, I was begging. I was pleading. You know, I was desperate for a different ending. I was delusional for a different ending, you know? I was like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, this is going to be a happy ending. We're not going to get killed. They're going to show how it should be. They're going to show what it should be like. They shoot the woman. She falls down. Shoot her right in the heart. And I, I, I choked. Because I still, until that moment, didn't realize that they were going to be killed. I was like, oh my... I was like, they killed her. <clears throat> wow. They, I said, they really killed... I was, I was blown away. But like, you know, looking back, I'm like, why were you blown... Like, what do you mean? Of course they killed her. What do you mean? Of course. She ran. What do you mean? Of course they're going to kill her. She, she black. She a nigga. What you mean? Yes, they're going to kill her. He picks her up and he walks towards them. They shoot him dead. <clears throat> I was like, wow, no matter what you do, even though they weren't doing nothing, Naya, they didn't deserve to die. Even though they only defended themselves, even though that, that officer was already, had already killed an unarmed black man and had been aggressive, they said some of that about his storyline after they found him dead. Even with all of that information, even though we know that, they still were going to die or end up in jail for the rest of their lives no matter what. And that is the reality. That's the fear. That's the wind beneath my wings that I live with every day as a black man, as a black person, as a brown-skinned, brown-skinned girl. Like, that is so unfortunate. That's so sad to see. We can make as many movies as we want. We can shout about it. People just refuse to get that. They refuse to, to accept it because... Everything's working for them. It's like, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know that's how they. And I am all right. I get that maybe all of the change won't come in my youth or maybe my lifetime. But I'm willing to do whatever it takes for it to come for the lifetimes of the ones that come after. 
have to because I mean without change it's never going to get any better it's just not going to get any better it's not going to change I'm really not trying to go the Hunger Games route but <laughs> like they, Here we are. they pushing it you know like we really we really really trying to be like as civil as you know as one can be but you know we gonna it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy er. and you know I hope like like you said the people who whose intentions I don't know I hope people are inspired to you know ch- change their mindsets you know have an open mindset especially white people who have been raised in America with privilege with advantage to be able to just wake up and have the the sense like I I can't even explain it to just be able to wake up and not fear being targeted or just wake up and not think about even being black you know they don't think about being white I'm a white man you know they don't have to think about that it's like when people say Oh, we don't have straight pride. I'm like, you you don't have to you don't need to have straight pride. These things only come out of oppression. And then you've never had anything come out of oppression. You should be happy. But it's like they're not happy enough. They gotta be like, no, 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 no. Somebody, no, you know what, these people over here, no, we need to do something about this happiness. We need to do something about these people. They're telling us, I saw something that was like, stop telling us, stop to com- complaining to us about like killing you or something. We're like, and I saw the post. I'm like, that's exactly what it sounds like. Like the police officers, or you know, the people in power are like, you're complaining. This isn't the way to do it. You need to stop complaining. It's like, well, you're killing. Stop killing people. And we'll stop complaining. But you can't do that. So, right. But I tell you, we could we could talk about this all day. But I do want to wrap this up because I will be moving on to my next guest, Naya. But I want to say it was very very. Wonderful to have you on. I think you made uh, a lot of great points. I think you had a lot of great things to say. Oh, it's always good talking to you, James. Yes. Major Burns. Absolutely. <laughs> it's my number one fan. They better hear her hear it, hear it here first. Here, right here. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to thank you again and just remain optimistic. And loving and continue to work on yourself, work on your household to help do the part for the entire community, like figure out those things that you can do for yourselves, be in control of the things you can be in control of. I don't want to tell anybody how to live their life or what to do. Cause who going to check me, boo? Ooh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, again, like I said, it's, we are all individuals and we all have different, ways we interpret the world and everything. So we got to do our best to compromise for a greater world for us all because essentially we need each other to make everything work. It's the circle of life. It's like, I don't own the rights to this music. (laughs) All right. Have a good night, America. Bye-bye.